Hi, I'm Yusuf Hassan. And I'm Tegesti Amare, and you're listening to Africa Where, a podcast from the Chatham House Africa program. Welcome back to Africa Where. On this episode, we'll be discussing the Commonwealth, an intergovernmental organization of 56 independent countries in Africa, Asia, the Americas, Europe, and the Pacific, the vast majority of which are former territories of the British Empire. However, we have seen that the appeal is increasing beyond the circle of former British colonies. Ex-French colonies, Togo and Gabon respectively, officially joined in October 2022, and the ex-Portuguese colony, Angola, has also applied. For this fascinating discussion, I am lucky to be joined by Deputy Director of the Africa Programme, Tigisti Amari. Welcome back to the podcast, Tigi. Thank you, Suf. It's good to be back. To begin immediately, African states are, of course, well represented in intergovernmental organisations, initially linked by official language and colonial history, such as the Commonwealth, the Organisation Internationale de la Francophonie, otherwise known as the OIF, and the Comunidad de Países de Lingua Portuguesa, otherwise known as the CPLP. How relevant are these intergovernmental organizations to African states in the modern day? Thank you, Yusuf. African states are indeed well represented in the Commonwealth, the OIF and CPLP, and members of each organization have similar challenges or priorities, such as creating prosperity and employment, achieving inclusive growth, managing environmental sustainability and responding to climate change. There is also wide recognition that addressing some of Africa's most pressing and interlinked policy challenges, such as poverty reduction, corruption, or increasing regional and international trade, require regional and global solutions, as well as international cooperation. So while in the past, these organizations may have been used by African states as a way of gaining or rather maintaining closer relations with former colonial powers, who are still dominant powers on the international stage. In present day, they are increasingly being seen as a medium for cooperation and sharing of experiences on how to respond to policy challenges faced by African nations responsibly and sustainably. But it is still important to reflect on the role and relevance of these organizations for African states today, also because countries in the continent are strengthening bilateral and multilateral ties beyond traditional partners in Europe. So we do need to ask, how are the multilateral engagements through organizations such as the Commonwealth evolving? And are they providing a platform for inclusive partnership? I think you've got that completely right there. It is a really fascinating question when you think about it, as to really why these African states still see these mediums as incredibly important as part of their own foreign relations and To take it back to an event that took place at Chatham House quite recently, we were both quite lucky to attend an event put on where Honourable Minister Shirley Butchway, the Republic of Ghana's Minister of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration, outlined a vision for the reimagined Commonwealth. At this event, you asked the Minister a question, I say the best question, of course, on the expansion of the Commonwealth. Let's listen to the Honourable Minister's answer to your question. I wanted to ask about the uh, expansion of the Commonwealth. We saw very recently the joining of two African nations, Gabon and Togo, as well as Angola that has applied, which was mentioned earlier. Uh, What is interesting about these countries is that they are not necessarily aligned with most other 
members of the Commonwealth in terms of language or history of, of empire. What role do you envisage this countries can play in this reimagined Commonwealth? The question rather should be, what do they seek to benefit from the Commonwealth? And I think that they see something in the Commonwealth that the organizations that they belong to do not provide them. So for me, I'm happy that these countries who have backgrounds of um, Francophone countries have decided to join the, the Commonwealth. And I'm told that they're very proud to be Commonwealth members. And um, already I'm sure that uh, the Commonwealth Secretariat is, is, is looking at ways in which it can help these countries. So I think they, they've come to the Commonwealth. They've just, their decision to come and join the Commonwealth is as a reason of what they can benefit from the Commonwealth which means that the Commonwealth that we belong to is one that is beneficial if we so wish it to be. Because I'm sure that there are countries that don't solicit for any assistance, but there are countries that do. And so um, let me say that we belong to a good organization. It's not what probably we want it to be at this point, but it's moved and improved over the period and the potential for it to give us a lot more than it's giving us there. And so I think engagement and making sure that uh, we clearly are focused on the benefits and the potential and how to implement these things that we've identified is what really should be our focus. Thank you. Now we've listened to that. On the back of it, why do you think these countries with no shared colonial history and without a common language are joining the organisation? Well, Yusuf, the admission of Gabon and Togo as new members of the Commonwealth this year is only a continuation of a trajectory that started in 1995 when Mozambique, a former Portuguese colony, joined the organisation. Rwanda also subsequently joined in 2009. Similarly, uh, Ghana became a full member of the Francophonie in 2006 and Equatorial Guinea was admitted as CPLP member in 2014. The Commonwealth, like the OIF and CPLP, is a consensus-based organization, and while language and common history, as well as the role of rule of law and legal similarities, have played an important role in its establishment in 1949, its role and importance for member states today is different than what it used to be before. In this instance, the Commonwealth provides for this new member countries an important platform for diversifying relations, in particular from France, whose role and engagement with its former colonies remains strained and controversial. There are, for example, growing calls for ending the CEFA currency that is pegged to the euro under an arrangement guaranteed by the government in Paris, and the French military presence in the Sahel remains controversial. As such, joining the Commonwealth, an Anglophone bloc that can provide diversification away from France, is likely to be a popular option for governments and citizens of these countries. It does also show that there is recognition of English as a language of business and international politics, and that the Commonwealth is seen as an important platform for building a range of connections to support economic development and get diplomatic messages heard. Thank you so much for that holistic summary on two difficult questions regarding the current state of international organisations, Tiggy. 
I'm sure this reimagined Commonwealth, as an honourable minister said, is something that we're likely to see in the coming years. And the role of these intergovernmental organisations, I'm sure, will have a huge part to play in the development of international relations. So thank you for that. Thank you, sir. The first interview of this episode is with Michael Musa Adamo, Foreign Minister of the Republic of Gabon. His Excellency served in a number of senior positions across his career in the Gabonese government, including as Minister of Defence prior to his current role and Ambassador to the United States of America. Your Excellency, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. To go immediately in, as the current president of the UN Security Council, as Gabon, of course, currently sits, how does Gabon seek to influence international affairs and diplomacy whilst in this position at this crucial geopolitical moment? Thank you for your question. You know, it's, the world is today in a very different and difficult position. Gabon has its fourth term of Security Council, the UN Security Council. We not only represent Gabon, but we think we have the responsibility to represent the entire continent or region of the continent. We take that uh, role very uh, responsibly. Uh, there's a lot on our shoulders. We like to contribute to world peace. We've always been for peace and security and the rule of law. And whilst in this position, does Gabon have any priorities for reforming the UN system? Of course, the UN has had a relationship with the African continent like no other. What does Gabon see as its ability to maybe change perceptions or change methodology? Reforming the UN Security Council, reforming the, uh, the UN altogether, it's a task that every, every African wants. Africa wants to play the role that should be its on the Security Council, on the UN uh, Charter, on the international scene, on the international arena. It's a desire and a requirement that all African shares. And I think time has come for the UN system, for multilateralism to be uh, revisited. If you remember, the president of Gabon had said during his address to the UN General Assembly that Africa can no longer wait. Now it's about time that that reform takes place. The system is old. It needs to be revisited. And we, we think that the entire world agrees with us. It's about time for that to happen now. And now is the time. I mean, one of the biggest reforms, what does Gabon, or what is Gabon's view on permanent representation in the Security Council? Does Gabon seek a permanent seat for Africa? Or is Africa's needs best served by a rotating seat? Africans have already looked at this issue and uh, there's a committee of African state set up by the uh, African Union called the C10 that's chaired by Sierra Leone. The CETAN have met, the Africans are having discussions. We are uh, very close to a conclusion. We really believe that uh, there should be two or three permanent seats for Africa. Now, would that be rotating uh, alphabetically? We're working on it, but we definitely are working into requesting for Africa to have two or three permanent seats. Going on to another element of the international system, which is directly linked to the UN. COP27, of course, takes place on the African continent later this year. What does Gabon see, of course, as the former chair of the African Group of Negotiators, as a good outcome for Africa? Uh, here again, then again, you see, uh, Gabon is trying to speak not for itself, but for the continent. 
We strongly believe that uh, the continent is one. The continent has a common view. COP27 is seen as the Africa Cup, and we all are aligned with its objectives. We need to work into the deliveries. Uh, Africans have been receiving a lot of promises, a lot of commitments. We'd like for uh, COP27 to be a real success, not only for Africa, not only for, the, for Gabon, but for the entire world. Issues are there, they're real. If we don't tackle climate change altogether, that's the end of humankind. Okay, moving on to another area of focus and actually what makes you join me in London here today. Gabon is, of course, or has just joined the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth, of course, is an organisation that is changing, no longer unified solely by language or history. What does Gabon see as the importance of these international organisations traditionally? And, and what do they mean today? Well, we see uh, that uh, we, we know and we can tell, and you can tell with us that... Uh, uh, the Commonwealth community, the Commonwealth organization, it's uh, well and alive, it's moving, it's changing. Gabon traditionally is not from a former British colony. Uh, we were a French colony in the past, and uh, the Commonwealth gave us a different opportunity, a different mindset, a different worldview. And we are now proud to be part of that community. For us, being a member of Commonwealth, it's an addition, it's not a subtraction. We are bringing with us what our background is, what our colonial past is, to a new world and to share that experience that we have had and to get new experience from the Commonwealth of Countries. Fantastic. And, and does Gabon in this view in particular with regards to engaging with the Commonwealth as a large international organization with countless members, does it see that the imperial and the, and the colonial uh, relationships that existed with the members that currently are part of it where does Gabon see its ability to influence or change the perspectives? Well, our, our par new partners to the Commonwealth, it's a bring and take. It's a, it's, a, it's a sharing opportunity, not only politically, culturally, but economically as well. As I said earlier, we joined the Commonwealth to share the values that we share and that the Commonwealth countries share. We share those values, but also for the openness, the mindset that the Commonwealth brings to us. We think that we can contribute to the renewal of the Commonwealth so that the Commonwealth cannot be only limited to former British colonies. That this, is, this goes to show that the Commonwealth is well alive and vibrant. Most definitely. And since, of course, I touched upon historical elements, a key theme for the Africa programme in our 20th anniversary year, as you join us, is African agency. An African agency for us is, of course, not just about African solutions for African problems. We believe that is a limitation and a reductive understanding. We African solution for the world problems. Exactly, exactly, exactly. African solution for the world problems. I think Africa brings a different perspective, uh, different wisdom, different worldview. Uh, one has to remember that Africa has a role, and I would say, I would dare say, a central role into the, into the future of the world. I can say it strongly that the world still Africa for the future and the future of the world is in Africa. I completely agree with you. And I think to, to maybe ask a follow-up then, what lessons can the world learn from Gabon? What lessons can the world learn from the region? What lessons can the world learn from the continent? Because like you said, African solutions for world problems in a plethora of areas. The world is our global village. We all need to learn from each other. 
the world, the, uh, Africa and Gabon need to learn from the rest of the world and vice versa. We own one planet, it's our own home. We don't have another home. The entire humanity cannot move and go live on Mars or on the moon. We all have to live in that common house. That, so that's the planet Earth for us. So we have to learn from each other. Africa and Gabon has to learn from the world. The world has to learn from us. That's a global village. Our future is linked. We all are linked. We either survive together or we'll disappear altogether. Most definitely. Um, I thank you so much, Your Excellency. It's been a pleasure to interview. The pleasure is online. Thank you. Goodbye. Our second interview is with Professor Robert Ducey, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, African Integration and Togolese Abroad of the Togolese Republic, having been appointed in September 2013. In 2018, in the context of the negotiations between the European Union and the Organization of African, Caribbean and Pacific States, Professor Ducey was appointed as a chief negotiator of the OEACP group. Your Excellency, thank you so much for joining us on Africa Aware for this episode. Yes, thank you. Good afternoon. To begin, Togo, of course, has recently become a member of the Commonwealth. The question I have for you is, what does Togo see as the importance of international organizations traditionally linked by language, of course, no longer the case? Thank you so much for your interest. You know, uh, Togo, historically, our country as Togo, we have a very strong link between us uh, and uh, Commonwealth countries, just because, as you know, historically, uh, we have one of, part of the Togo land. We have a people in our country, they are speaking in English, just because historically, you have to know, uh, after 1914, 1914, the first war, one of part of the Togo is now in the part of Ghana. So the population in Togo, you have a population in Togo who is speaking, of course, a Togolese language, or Togolese languages, and the French. So the one part of the Togo, they are speaking, uh, uh, they are speaking uh, English, and we share the same border with our, uh, our friend and uh, brother in Ghana. So we have a Togolese people in Togo and in Ghana also. So without our local languages, we have, of course, we, we share, of course, French with, with, uh, one part, uh, with one part and English for a second part. That's why I think historically it's very important for us to, to enjoy you in Commonwealth community because for us, you know, Commonwealth, we are a member of uh, Francophonie because we are speaking French, uh, French language. So we, we are very happy to be a member of Commonwealth because Commonwealth is one of the biggest community uh, in the world. And uh, without the historical reason what I told you, I think it's very important for us to continue to share our culture, to extend our diplomatic link, uh, our diplomatic uh, network with our friend in Commonwealth. That way, we, uh, for us, our appartenance right now as member of Commonwealth is very important. Your Excellency, thank you so much for your robust answer on the reasons why Togo has joined. The question I now have is, what does Togo see as its vision for the Commonwealth? You know, in terms, for example, of uh, a business, Commonwealth community is very important for us. You know, for Commonwealth community, like as you know yourself, 
is more than 1 billion people. So in terms of business, for the business, uh, business class in Togo, here in Togo, and all the chamber members, for example, of Chamber of Commerce, our vision is, first of all, we need to do business with all members state of Commonwealth. So we are ready right now to work, to work and to share our vision with all members of uh, Commonwealth in the world. And secondly, uh, we think in terms of our network, you know, because Togo is a, a small country in West African region, we need to, to keep in touch, to keep in touch with all our friends, all our brothers as member, as member of uh, member of state of uh, Commonwealth. So uh, we, our vision is we need to continue to strengthen uh, our cooperation, multiple, uh, multilateral cooperation, of course, with uh, Commonwealth and all the members of Commonwealth in the world. And finally, in terms of business and in terms of our trade and uh, the diversification of our vision and of, of uh, our economy is, uh, very, is uh, very important for us to be member of Commonwealth right now. And we are very happy and very proud to be member of Commonwealth community. Your Excellency, and to end, a key theme for the Africa program in the year of our 20th anniversary is African agency, which, as you know more than most, as a keynote speaker at our conference in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia in 2019 on this topic, is mischaracterizes African solutions for African problems. We see it as African solutions for world problems. What can the world learn from Togo? And what can the world learn from the continent? You know about the African continent, uh, we are very clear. The last time during my last uh, speech in the uh, uh, United Nations, I talked about African vision. You know, for us, of course, for example, we are a member of Francophonie, we are now a member of Commonwealth, but we are African. We are talking right now about, about uh, Africanophonie. Africanophonie is, of course, is a new word. It's like a new word, but a new word, why? Just because, as I, I say, we need to diversify, you know, our economy, our business, but we cannot diversify our economy and our business and everything without ourselves, our soul, our uh, conviction is African before. So we are member of African Union, of course. As member of African Union, we can do something with Francophonie. We can do something with uh, uh, with Commonwealth Community. We can do something with our friend of uh, ISPL. When we say for ISPL, we say Lusophonie because they are a Portuguese like language. So uh, what is important for us is our state and uh, our conviction as African people before. So as African people, we can do everything with everyone because we are not closing our, our doors. Our doors are open, our windows are open, but our culture is African culture. And we are very proud, so, so proud to be African and to be also member of Commonwealth and member of Fakofuni and member of another organization in the world. So for us, it's not a contrast. 
is not that problem. But what is important to be ourselves and work with everyone in the world because we are the nation of Africa and the nation open to the world. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Your Excellency. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Okay, th- thank you so much. God bless you. And that brings us to an end of Africa Aware. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please do subscribe to us on the platform you're listening to us on and do leave a review so others can find the podcast easier. I've been your host, Yusuf Hassan, alongside my colleague, Tegisti Amare. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>